leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. Today we have Warner Moore with us, who will be sharing his background into cybersecurity, as well as sharing tips and tricks of his specialty along the way. Warner, give us a little bit of background about yourself. My pleasure to be here today, Chris, and thanks for having me. I normally say my background is tech and cybersecurity, which is quite true. I started my career in the early days of the internet, focusing on the bleeding edge of technology, which really drove me towards uh, as technology changed towards internet technologies. Back in the olden days, we called them dot-com companies. And over that time, I helped build several business-to-business softwares and service companies across the industries, including fintech, insuretech, and health tech. I've often served in security leadership roles and technology leadership roles, but security has really been a focus in my career. And I quit counting at a certain point, but in my time, I've built over seven security and or privacy programs. And what is it about cybersecurity and or privacy that got you hooked? In the early days of the internet, it was really just a leading area of technology, a nerdy thing we like to do. Technology wasn't as secure as it is today, which is weird to say out loud, given the common narrative and media where we're having breaches all the time. But back then, pretty much everything we ran was fundamentally insecure. So running secure systems was difficult. And for me, it was a bit of a game. I, I had a server where people would log in directly into it. That's how we did things back then. And it was really hearted. And I challenged people to compromise it, and not maliciously, but to test the security and they were never able to. And a lot of the technologies we have today came of that time. Free and open source technology, intrusion detection systems like SNORT, file integrity monitors or FEM. I've been known to call them host-based IDS at, at times. I know were at the time, but not so much anymore. Tripwire and just SS, or early vulnerability scanning, I could go on. So many security technologies came out of open source in early days of the internet. So it was a natural focus area for me. In privacy, I think we all have a right or should have a right to privacy, to control our data, to not share things without our consent or knowledge. And it, it, it's more values and the intersection of security where it can help enable privacy has always been attractive 
to me. So as you think about the next generation, how do we develop and create the next generation of engineers that will think security and privacy? I think this is an important area to focus in our profession. I, it, there's a lot of data out there. And some of the sources might be questionable, but I do think anecdotally, we can all admit that there are not enough skilled folks to satisfy all the things we need to do professionally with cybersecurity. And universities have been stepping up and creating cybersecurity programs over the past 10 years. And professionally, we've created so many great resources, but ultimately it's not like back in the day where you had to earn your stripes in tech and you might luck into a specialized field. We have to make an active point to develop young and new talent and find ways to curate and craft and the next generation of professionals. If we as security leaders don't take an active part of this and supporting and enabling our companies to develop new talent, we're not going to solve the talent shortage for at least a decade or two to come. And as a security leader, how do you assess the talent that you have on your own team before deciding to go out and get another headcount or get another solution? I think of it less from the perspective of skill assessment. Have a great team and I'm grateful to have them. Ultimately, a big part of what I do is being able to hang out with smart folks who make an impact. It's more about, do we have enough folks on the team to deliver what we need to do in the business? And that's how I approach not only running a security organization, but building a security program more strategically. Are we understanding the way the business operates? Are we understanding the goals? Are we understanding the economics and the financial implications of the business? And how does our work in security tie to that? So frequently when I'm assessing adding to the team, it's more around, do we have capacity to deliver on what we need to do and the commitments we've made? And as you think about technical skills versus soft skills, how would you weigh them in importance? I've been building technology and security teams for well over a decade. And early when I was hiring, I weighed technical skills very highly. Coming from a technical background, that's easy to do, right? Valuing things that we're good at and passionate about. And what I quickly learned is that while those who are the best of the best. And when it comes to a particular technical skill, think in technical field, we are less refined when it comes to social or soft skills or business skills. And that that's something I'd encourage everyone to develop, regardless of their career goals. It, it's going to enable someone who wants to remain in a technical role to be more successful, make more of an impact and have less friction and the things they're trying to do every day. And once someone, and if someone chooses to follow a management path, it's non-negotiable. And frequently soft skills are more, or lack thereof, are more limiting in one's career journey than a lot of other skills at a certain point. Later, and for a long time, while 
technical skills are important and, and necessary. Those who have better communication skills, better listening skills, the ability to collaborate cross-functionally with team members are those who ultimately get hired and get promoted and have more opportunity. I'll, I'll never forget a couple of times where I had the opportunity to hire some of the best engineers in our city, if not the country and the world, and their inability to work in a team collaboratively in a way that didn't alienate people in the process, limited my ability to hire them. And quite unfortunate, I knew it was the right decision at the time, but it was still a very difficult decision to make. And I live by that to this day. You hit on some of the skills that I ask about all the time, communication, collaboration, and then another one, delegation. How would you rate your ability of those three skills? Communication, collaboration, and delegation. There are studies that show self-ratings when it comes to judging or assessing one's abilities generally are not very accurate. I'll just take that question off the cuff and say that delegation is always something I, I'm working on. It's quite nuanced and different team members and different skill with different skills and experience levels have different levels of abilities when it comes to keeping up when things are delegated to them. I think it's very difficult to balance between just here, take this and walking away and never looking at it again versus handing it over and providing the right level of support to ensure the team member is successful and the outcome is successful. Deadly soft skills are, and leadership skills I look at as a lifelong journey. There isn't one day where suddenly someone's a leader or suddenly someone's a fantastic communicator. I've been actively working on communication skills for well over a decade. And it's something I practice and work on regularly to this day. And I think that's true of most topics like this. Now, as you think about networking, how important is networking with people to this career and to leadership in general? Relationships are everything. A bit of a controversial statement is businesses are people without being into the corporations or people, legal or political arguments. I think that's a good way to look at anything we do. If you're a individual contributor, do you have relationships in your profession to learn, develop skills, refine skills, ask for help in special areas, find a new job when you need it, know when new job opportunities are out there. What does the market look like in a management role, being able to hire the right team member and knowing who can help in what areas of the organization to help you and your team be successful in the role. On an executive level, creating awareness in the, your functional area professionally in your city, in your country, in your profession as a whole, being able to draw in the right areas to build your team. And I could wax poetic, go on and on about all sorts of different examples, but building relationships is everything we do as humans. They've often met with even senior level managers who had been in a role for a decade plus. And I never see them at our professional community groups or our executive 
meetings and, and the community. And then suddenly I get an introduction out of the blue where they want help because they need a new job or they want help because they want to hire a special team member. And at that point, I'm just meeting the person for the first time and they're introducing themselves to the community. It's best to have relationships, give, and then when you need things, folks will be there to help too. Doing it proactively is super important. A book by Adam Grant, one of my favorite books of last year that I read is called Give and Take. And it talks all about the science and the benefits or lack of benefits for those who don't give. Really a fantastic book. He's a professor out of Wharton, science-based, focused on organizational psychology. And it sounds very similar to using influence as well as part of that skill set. How would you describe influence and its importance to your career? There's a, one of my all-time favorite books is called Influence. It's a bit of a classic at, at this point. E, but that's a completely unrelated. It's interesting. I normally don't think about influence as a thing. I usually think about how I can help folks, how I can give back, how I can make an impact, be a team member in the organizations I work with, my professional community, nonprofit community. It, Giving is one of the best ways to build influence. It's I, how would you react if someone you, you don't know asks for something out of the blue, but if someone you've known for a while who's helped you over time in different ways and you've built rapport in a relationship and they ask for help, well, what's your response going to be then? can treat it rhetorically, but I, I think that's a good way to look at influence. That definitely is. Now, any final words of advice for the next generation of leaders that you hope to come behind us? I often talk to experienced engineers and technical people, and they might be thinking of a management transition and maybe as a career Russian, maybe as a opportunity that an organization is pushing to someone towards. There's a certain age in a career where it's almost more difficult not to fall into that kind of work. And he don't often talk about how it's a completely different job. It, going into a management role for the first time is a complete career change. And we don't talk about it that way. We talk about it as a profession, as a continuation of the profession we're in. That's absolutely not the case. And the soft skills we talked about, administrative skills, management skills, leadership skills, our ability to organize and build teams and help people be successful. It's not about our ability to get things done personally. In fact, a default for somebody in that position if the team's not performing might be to do the work yourself, which is the exact wrong thing to do. So those management is a career change and it's not in a technical role. And it's important to weigh that very heavily. And if someone wants to make that journey and it will be a journey, look at it that way and prepared to start new and it's going to be a learning journey and there will be a lot of folks who hopefully can help along the way. I wish everyone the best of luck. <laughs> it's not an easy path, but a lot of folks can be very effective at it.
Thank you. I think we definitely need a diverse group of individuals that help lead as well as help engineer because we need that diverse perspective to challenge and tackle the problems of tomorrow. I couldn't agree more. Often the best engineers should stay the best engineers. That's much more coveted skill set. There are a lot of managers out there and many of them are earlier in their learning journey. So if you're really good at something and you like it, do you want to make that change? It's not only a question to ask, it's a decision to make before taking the leap. It is. Thanks everyone for joining us and have a great rest of your day. Such a pleasure. Take care, everyone. Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn and mention this podcast. I'm always happy to chat. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.